0: Morning church. Morning. Hopefully everybody is doing a-okay or reasonably well. Um, if you're not, uh, hopefully uh, just being alive is enough for you. Uh, just being able to breathe and to walk around. Um, I was looking at a couple individuals I was driving into uh, driving the building today, um, just kind of walking around and enjoying the sunlight. The smiles on their faces. And I thought that was pretty cool. I I understand maybe they're not, uh, uh, maybe they're, you know, know, a couple of hours from now, they may not be that way because they're going to be looking for the next meal. But generally speaking, it was really refreshing to see people just enjoying the sunlight. Mm -hmm. Um, The days that we have um, as members of the body of Christ are certainly limited. Um, And we know that. We know that uh, life in general is limited. It doesn't last very long. Um, But while we are alive, it's important that we all work together for uh, for a a one common purpose. Um, What is that one common purpose? Uh, What are we all kind of working towards as members of the body of Christ? Well, ultimately, that one common purpose is to make it to heaven. Yeah. Um, and to take as many, uh, or to expose as many people as we possibly can to that same opportunity that we've taken advantage of. Um, we are all kind of in the same boat together. If you go back and you look at uh, what it says in First Corinthians chapter seventeen, it talks about how there are different administrations in, but uh, but one body. <coughs> and I, I like how. Uh, well, there's, there's not seventeen chapters in the First Corinthians. So that, that doesn't make sense. Um, but First Corinthians chapter seven. And um, you know, we are all kind of plugging along together. And what it says, again, um, I'm sorry, it's First Corinthians chapter 12. So sister Bill, Make another make another correction. First Corinthians chapter twelve, starting at uh, verse number five. It says, "But there are different administrations, but the same Lord. There are different, there are diversities of operation, but is the same God which worketh all in all." Uh, we're all kind of we're all individuals of the same body, and what. Uh, The reason why I want to talk about uh, this family that we have, and if you're looking for a title of the lesson, um, the title of the lesson is The Family of God. Is each of us, there's a requirement in the family of God that we all fill our function, that we all fulfill our role, and we're all kind of moving in one accord uh, with one purpose in mind. Um there is uh we're watching a video about uh, the Brazilian, was it the Brazilian ant? Argentinian, sorry. The uh Argentinian black ant. And if you've if well if you've seen a small, small sized black ant, um it's probably the Argentinian uh ant. And uh what this YouTube video talks about is how this Um, Argentinian ant um, is the largest colony of ants on the planet Earth. There are more ants, Argentinian ants, than there are humans on the planet. And by by multiple folds. So there's like two or three times the amount of Argentinian ants than there are human beings. Uh, And I think the video said it's something on the largest Family of one species on the planet. Um, And it was interesting how it talked about how it does this. So, all the Argentinian ants were planted in these various places all over the globe um, by, you know, marine transport. So, they hitched a ride on a banana. You know, a queen and her minions hitched the ride on a banana, which was in a crate, which was on a ship that went from South America to the shores of Europe. And in some cases, when they went over there and they uh, went to this new land, there were some genetic um, mutations within that family, right? And so after a while, these genetic mutations were allowed to exist and go off and create their own little ant colonies. And over time, the genetic mutation or the genetically different Argentinian ants, as they started their own colonies, they came into conflict with the original colony. And it restricted the growth of the original colonies. They were kind of fighting off their, their mutated cousins, if you will. Mm-hmm. But they got smart when they got to North America. And North America, when they got here, they noted all of the, identified all of the queens that were not pure that had some sort of genetic difference and they killed them. They killed all of the queens that were not pure Argentinian queen ants. Hmm. And what, by doing so, all of the colonies of the Argentinian ant that you see are genetically identical to one another. They don't fight one another because they're alike. They, there is a spirit of cooperation in that context, when they have multiple pure colonies of the same type of organism kind of pulling along together um, with one purpose in mind towards one goal. Mm-hmm. If you have our Bibles this morning, turn to uh, 2 Corinthians, Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 6, and uh, Again, you know, as, before we get into this, you know, we, we think about a family unit. What does a family unit do? Well, the, the purpose of the family is everybody gets protected. Everybody gets food and clothing and shelter. We, we take care of our younger people in a family so that they can, so that they in turn can do what? Start their own families Over yonder. Where we, we, last Sunday, when um, Ali Sue was baptized, we were talking about various generations, you know, all following the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's really what a family is trying to do. A family is trying to not just pass on the genetic information of mom and dad, but also to pass on things like morality. Things like... um, Principles of of viewing life, um, you know, recipes even, uh, Mm -hmm. speech, uh, all those things that, you know, give a family its unique texture versus another family is what we hope to pass on. Many years from now, um, when Thomas, you know, has has his family and his kids grow up and they have another Garner family, and then his kids grow up and have another Garner family, hopefully three generations from now, they will look like me, right? They'll have, you know, the traditional Garner flat nose, right? They'll have, you know, the traditional Garner, well, maybe not the short stature, but, you know, the the piglet fingers. Um, They will exhibit genetic markers of the Garner. But what I hope to have you know, sixth generation from now, is that the Garner family is a family that also is a faithful, righteous family. Mm-hmm. That they also have the markers of the spiritual lineage of the Garners. Amen. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain, for I saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul goes on to say, um, and and who is the hymn rather, uh, that we be uh, workers together with Christ Jesus. Uh, as it says in the previous chapter in verse number 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know, as Christ was an ambassador for God, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're all working together to spread the gospel of God. Again, going in verse 3, it says, Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, and labors, in watchings, and fastings. In all of those things, we need to be approved, or we need to show and prove ourselves as ministers of God. So how these ants do it, right, is that when a queen is born, she is fully examined by the head queen, right? Because... Uh, if and I'm not a, an entomologist, which I think is mm-hmm. study of insects, right? But the little bit I've read is that so the the queen she will give birth to a bunch of drones, a vast majority of drones, but a small percentage of the eggs that she is laid are the byproduct of uh, so. It, yeah, I don't want to go in too deep into the woods, but Think of a drone as being um, having half of the necessary genetic information, right? So a, a drone is what they call a haploid. It only has the genes given to it given to it by the queen, right? She only gives the males or and I'm, I'm assuming they're males because she's the queen, right? She gives the, the drones, the only the genetic information necessary to make them men. All the men in the colony look the same, act the same. Now there's there's certain drones that do this, there's certain drones that do that, but all of the males within a certain function look, act the same. Except the queen that she lays is a little different. So she has um Lack of a better word, she has sexual relations with one of the drones, right? And she commingles queen DNA with drone DNA and it creates these queens, right? But these queens have to be perfect in every way. Otherwise, she kills them. If they're not perfect, they're dead because she doesn't want the queen to go out there. And start another family that's different than her family. So, keep that in mind. Continuing on in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says in verse number 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath life with? with darkness, and what concord, or what agreement, what uh, alignment with, fellowship with, Christ does not create or does not go into the bonds of a familiar relationship with Balaam, of what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You know, I think about, in the context of that verse, what God is saying is, is if I dwell in them, I will walk with them, and that will identify them as being a part of my family. But if any other... Thing comes in certainly anything that is unrighteous can they still be a part of the family no they can't be because what concord, what fellowship what relationship does Christ have with Bala? and verse number 14 even more so is what does it mean to be yoked well we've, we've talked about this before I've heard uh, one minister say that if you you know you want to look at a yoke as two oxen that are yoked together, right? They're pulling a sled, right? The objective is is we want to make a straight line in this field. So I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a, a really strong goat, or not a really strong goat, but a really strong ox and put it next to a weaker ox. Is that line going to be straight? No, it's not it's gonna be curved it's gonna be anything other than straight because these two animals they don't while they are both oxen they don't come from the same family one is weak one is strong and when you put a weak and a strong or a believer and a non-believer together and you yoke them together thinking that they are going to go in the same line and, and, and with the same purpose, you're, we're mistaken. We know that's not the case. It's logic to believe that way. So when, uh, when the scripture tells us, getting back up to uh, verse number four, rather, it says, but in all things approving ourselves as ministers of God, through all of these different ways that we do it, um, we are ensuring that we are part of the same family. If we are approving ourselves, if we are all approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities and stresses and all the various ways that we can do it, it is identifying amongst this congregation who is a part of the family of God and who is not. Mm -hmm. Again, I go back to... What the queen did, what did she do? If one of the queens was not not approved to be a part of the family, she was killed, and she went to another one. If you look in 1 Corinthians, and I'm not saying we should kill our brothers and sisters who are not walking (laughs) righteously. Um, but even in the animal kingdom it's logical it is absolutely logical it is not a strange occurrence for animals right, who do not have conscious thought other than what's hardwired into their genes that even animals understand that in order to keep the family pure in order to continue to establish families that look like the original family, mm-hmm. those things that are not in line with the family, that don't look like the family, that don't talk like the family, don't live like the family, mm-hmm. they have to be removed in order to, main, to maintain the purity of the one and only family. Mm-hmm. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about... Uh, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. And we can start at verse number... um, Boy. Let's start at verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 5. It says, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. Okay. What did that lend itself to well, if you go back and you look at the first chapter of uh, 1 Corinthians, it, Paul specifically wrote this letter to the Corinthian, to the church at Corinth, because there was divisions in the family of God, or certainly in that congregation. It says that it has been commonly reported that there's a lot of cliques going on right? There's again, there's one person doing this, there's one person doing that, to the extent that you are allowing a young man to commit fornication in this family which shouldn't happen in the family of God. It goes on to say, and such fornication as is not so named among the Gentiles, even those those, you know, those people you know, those non Jews, those Gentiles that used to live or do live, rather the way that the world lives, even they look down on them. Mm-hmm. That one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather more that he that had done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily as absent in, in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to do what? To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the spirit, That excuse me, for the destruction of the flesh, that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Now, that is the basis, the root of every denomination out there on the planet Earth. So you can go back and you can look at Galatians chapter 1. And it talks about perversions and you know if any man preaches any other gospel than that which I preached on you let that man be a curse we, we know that any slight change to the gospel of Jesus Christ is a perversion Paul <clears throat> <All throat> here is telling us that if there is somebody in the family that is perverted or who is leavened, what do we have to do with that? We can't allow that to, to, to continue because guess what? People are going to say, well, I guess it's okay for me to fornicate with my mother's wife, or my father's wife. Mm-hmm. So they go over and they establish a denomination that says that it's okay to do so. And then there is a perversion there, and they set up another uh, religious group over here, and this and that. And what happens? Now you've got all of these various... Churches, Mm quote-unquote, that believe in Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. but they all look, feel, taste, and speak differently. (coughs) And guess what? We're all in combat. We're all fighting for the same souls, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Similar to those Argentinian ants Mm -hmm. in Europe that didn't kill those queens, that weren't perfect. That weren't complete. They allowed them to exist, and now they're fighting over the same resources. We're fighting over the same community. I'm not saying, again, I'm, I'm using this as an analogy. not saying, again, we should be going out there and harming anybody. Please do not take this lesson in that context. What I'm saying is, is that is the danger of allowing a perversion in the family to go and check. It goes on to say again, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to keep company with fornicators. That's what he told him. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. Or, or, or with idolaters. For then must he needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you, not to keep company with any brother, or with any man that is called a brother, if he be a fornicator, covetous, idolater, a railer, or a drunkard, or a extortioner, with such a one know not to eat. Last verse says, But then are without God judges, Therefore, put away <coughs> from yourselves that wicked person. Why is that? Why do we need to do that? because we are the family of God, and in Him is no darkness. If we allow darkness to exist in our congregation here, what are we in essence, what are we doing? Okay, you may not be grasping that. Let's let's go to the book of Revelation, let's take a look at the danger of doing so. Uh, Revelation chapter two, starting at uh, verse number one. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write: These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labour and thy patience, and how that thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. These are, to the church at Ephesus, guess what they had done? They basically did what the Queen Anne would do. They, they tried, they investigated, they looked at every single member of the family. And if there was, as it says here, those who did evil, uh, it says that the church at Ephesus tried apostles who said, who said they were apostles which are not apostles. Goes on to say in verse number three, and has borne and has patience, for my namesake has labored and has not fainted, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I miss something. Nevertheless, I have something against thee because thou hast left that first love. And what Amen. is the first love? What makes us a part of the family of God? That we love God with all of our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our souls. That we love one another as Christ loved us. That we love one another as we would want to be loved. That we treat one another as, as well as we'd like to be treated. That's all a part of that first love and they forgot that. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst uh, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So, if my study Bible talks about the Nicolaitans, and I'm just going to read it here, Um, it says that the Nicolaitans were probably a libertine, anti naminian sect who attempted to use the Christian liberty as an excuse for self-indulgence and immorality. Doesn't that sound... Like somebody, like a group of people, right, that allowed perversion to exist to the extent that they said it's okay. See, the the church at Ephesus hated the Nicolaitans just as much as Jesus did, but they forgot their first love. And he said, because you don't have the mark, or because you are not bearing, doing the things of those who are part of the family of God, I'm going to remove your candlestick. What is the candlestick? Well, if you look back at what we just read, it says that the angel is holding the candlestick, the seven candlesticks, and each candle was the seven churches of Asia. And the angel of the Lord went to the church and said, if you don't repent and get back to the first works, guess what? you are no longer going to be a part of the family of God by virtue of, the stat, by virtue of the fact that I'm going to remove the candlestick. Your signification as one of the seven congregations' churches of Asia. You can go back and you look at some of the other churches. Even the church of Thyatira. They were going to have their candlestick removed as well. Why? because they allowed a perverse woman called Jezebel, or I don't know if her name was Jezebel, but she was likened unto a Jezebel in that the elders didn't address that perversion in the fact that she was promoting others to commit fornication. Why do I spank my kids? Why don't I spank them now? Well, I correct them. Let's just say that. Why do I correct my kids? When they're doing wrong, why do you correct them? So that when they're old and they go and they establish their own families, they don't do those same things. Mm-hmm. right? If I allow my kids to uh, make mistakes and not correct them, call them out, even to the extent of kicking them out if it comes to that, mm-hmm. what am I saying to them? It is okay to go out there and establish a perversion of my family in another town. And then what happens with them? My family looks different six, seven, eight generations down the road. You know, my family is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? We believe in the gospel and the truth that is written. Um, we don't add to it or take it away. But if I allow my kids to take on uh, the perversion of any other of a denomination say Jehovah's Witness. And I don't correct that. Or I don't say that those sets of principles are not true. When they go and they start their family, where are they going to be? Jehovah's Witnesses. And then six, seven generations down the road, I'm going to look back and none of my grandkids are going to be in the gospel of Jesus Christ because I didn't Remove that lump, or address that lump, or address that perversion. So, with that in mind, turn to the scripture reading. Paul talks about this in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12-15. Uh, through 15. Uh, Go ahead, brother. Uh, go the third. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble minded support the weak, and be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So, Paul is telling the church at Thessalonica, you know, just as a just rubber meets the road, uh, a practical application. you got to know the people that are in your family. you got to know the people that have the role over you, the ones that admonish you, the ones that are, you know, we all have to know one another so that what? So that we can identify those parts of the family that are not exuding characteristics of the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to know the, the brothers over at Yosemite Parkway. Right? If they are members of the body of Christ, I need to know them just as well as they need to know me. I need to know the brothers and the sisters over at 20th and H. And over at Atwater. And all these birds, because if they are not like us or rather, if we are not like them, then are we a part of the same family? Can we say that we're a part of the same family? I mean, I'm not talking about looking like them. That's not what I'm... But I'm spiritually speaking. Amen. Okay. Okay. In Galatians chapter 1, um, and I, I referenced this before, In Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6, Paul tells the church at Galatia, he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that calls you into the grace of Jesus Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He's, He's basically saying, I am utterly surprised that you guys fell into this trap. They fell into the trap because the elders, at or the, the leaders of the congregation in Galatia, allowed that to happen. They did not know the people that labored among them. Mm-hmm. They were unable to identify those parts of the family that were perversions. And it says, because that didn't happen, it says... It says that they were troubled, they fell from grace. In verse number eight, it says, "But though we or any angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have unto you. Then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed." I'm going to read that again. But though we are any, though we are any angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we preach unto you. Let him be. A curse. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. What does it mean to let him be accursed? What does it mean to, to be accursed? It means to be marked. It means that we have identified you as somebody who is not a part of us. And we're going to stay away from you as if you were accursed. Which is the reason why in the family God has told us that if there be any brother or sister that is walking contrary to the will of God, what do we have to do? Brother Mars, says, "Check them. You can call it what you want. We have to identify them. We have to separate from them. Yeah. In order to keep our family pure to the family of God. I'll give the warning to my kids, and they've heard it before. Don't go out there and live the way you want to live and still, and still think you're going to be a part of my family. It's not going to happen. You want to go out there and do your thing? Fine. Take my last name off your name. Amen. Because you're not a part of my family. You're not my kids. Why? Because I'm trying to keep my family pure. Just I mean, like it's logical for the Argentinian ant, in order to overcome and to part and fulfill the ant's overall purpose, mm-hmm. which is to conquer unconquered lands, mm-hmm. they understand the next generation has to be pure. They've got to keep the family pure because if they don't, it's going to lead to problems further on down the road. Well, And that's what God wants to do. The book of Matthew tells us that, um, and and we can take a look at it. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, starting at verse 33. Jesus says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt. And his fruit corrupt for the tree is known by his fruit the family is known by its offspring this congregation is known by its members the family of God is known by its children see how that works Thomas is going to is going it has the great responsibility of not only carrying my first name but also, not just my last name, but my first and my middle name. People will know me based off of what he does. So let the tree be good. Either the tree is good. If the tree is good, then the fruit's going to be good. If the tree is corrupt, then guess what the fruit is going to be? The fruit's going to be corrupt. I'm not going to let that happen. I want my tree to be good. So guess what? I'm going to make sure the fruit that Heather and I have borne on our tree is good as well. And the same is true with the family of God. And if I have a, a bad apple, guess what? Cut that fruit off. I'm not going to let that rotten apple or that bad fruit to exist on a tree that I want to be good. I'm going to i going to purge it. Again, going on to say it says in verse number 34 of Matthew chapter 12. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. By what we do, we'll either approve or disapprove us as being, by the words that we speak, we'll either approve or disapprove us as being members of the family of God. So the lesson is yours this morning. And if you are here based on the scripture, if you're one of those Argentinian queens that, eh, it's maybe not right, in order to avoid being taken out of the family of God, you can get that right this morning. You can come to him with a repentant heart and ask for forgiveness to get back on that straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life. All of us here in this room, we're 100% Christians. Amen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, mm-hmm. but you know, look around the room here. Amen. Everybody's in. Amen. Everybody's in the family. Okay, so let's stay in the family. If you if you read the remainder of what it says in First Corinthians or excuse me First Thessalonians uh, fifth chapter what does it say There's, there's a, certainly a lot of words of encouragement but it says rejoice evermore uh, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you quench not the spirit despise not prophecy prophesy prophes prophesying prophesy. mm-hmm. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's how we can stand in the fold, is to do all those things. To uh, To hear those words, well done, thou good faithful servant. Amen. So we have work to do. Now that we've got everybody here in this building, we need to go out there into this world and try to bring others to Jesus Christ as well. They need to understand that the family of God is, there is a specific family, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. family of God does not include Baptists, Episcopalians, Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, etc., etc. I'm not saying that, Thomas Garner isn't saying that, I'll just put that out there. God is saying that. Because of what he says in Galatians chapter 1, or we just read it. If any man or any angel preaches any other gospel than that which has already been preached in the scripture, let it be accursed. Now, why would God allow something to be accursed to exist in his family? Logic would dictate that he wouldn't. Just as the animals in the animal kingdom would not allow an accursed offspring. To continue to procreate. Lions don't do that. Ants don't do that. Fish don't do that. It, anybody that is, and I'll, maybe not fish, but any, any animal that exists based off of a family structure does not allow Monkeys don't do that. If it, when was the last time you've seen a three-legged lion in the wild? Have you seen one? No. I'm sure they're being. I'm sure they're born. What happens to them? They leave it there, or they kill it. You can't do anything with a three-legged lion. Just well, we can't do anything with a three-legged gazelle, or whatever the case Can may be. be, right? If it is not, if it does not bear the mark of the family, believe it. And so we need to make sure that as we talk to others about the oneness of faith, the oneness of hope, the oneness of baptism, that we really mean that there is only one discrete way to get to heaven. Amen. And that's through Jesus and His gospel. Any other pathways as an accursed pathway we just need to leave that alone or that individual needs to leave that alone. Mm-hmm. They need to understand that again that there's only one that they need to hear it. Believe it, repent, confess, and be baptized. Become a new creature in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. and live faithfully until death. So you are a part of a special family, but uh, in order to stay in the family, you got to keep yourself righteous and unspotted from the world. Mm-hmm. So the lesson is yours this morning. A verse you to do so, please come forward. You stand and sing Psalm